to Tribal Nuggets. I'm Christine Goss, and today we have a special guest, my dad. Thanks for joining Tribal Nuggets. Well, I'm happy to be here, Christine. Today we're going to talk about Uzbekistan, which yeah. is um, sort of an out-of-the-way place and um, a hidden gem, and my dad's going to tell us why. Uh, he wanted to go to Uzbekistan for a while, so dad, tell us, why did you go to Uzbekistan? Well, my wife and I are travelers. We love travel and we love to travel to uh, odd places. And uh, Uzbekistan uh, met all of those uh, criteria. It's um, off the radar screen, it's exotic, it's mysterious. Uh, uh, but on the positive side, it's relatively inexpensive and it's very, very safe. Uh, I would uh, say that uh, before we went, uh, my wife was uh, a bit nervous because, uh, you know, it's in the middle of Asia. Even me, about a week before, I started getting a little bit nervous. But um, anyway, so I, I said to my wife, well, you know, going to Uzbekistan, um, what, what would you like to see most? And she said, uh, Logan Airport. <laughs> that she was looking forward to returning. <laughs> that that sounds like mom. All right. Well, so you got there, and you you know you were having reservations before you went. Um, so tell us where did you land? What city did you land in? Well, you always land on the capital city, Tashkent. Right. So tell us about Tashkent first of all, and um, just as an overview, you went to Tashkent, Samarkand, and Bukhara, and we're going to dig into, uh, and those were the highlights. I'll let you get into some some other uh, places that you went. But how long did you spend in, in Tashkent? Well, we also went to Kiva, and so we, we can talk about that. Uh, uh, Tashkent is uh, a modern city, uh, even though it's in the middle of Asia, in Central Asia. It has cars, automobiles, buses. Traffic lights, high uh, uh, multi-story buildings. Uh, it, it, it's uh, a modern-looking city, uh, but there's not much of, of real history left there. So, uh, a day or two in Tashkent is plenty. Well, so you brought up an interesting point um, where you said not a lot of history is left. I just finished the uh, the biography of Tamerlane, and the opulence that the author uses to describe. Uh, Bukhara and Samarkand, he says, have life largely been wiped away. Um, can you tell us what your impression was? Uh, in Tashkent? Uh, in Tashkent, Bukhara, Samarkand. Is there an, a lot of the... Um, were you disappointed after reading about and knowing the history of all of the treasures and the jewels and the great construction that went on there uh, during Tamerlane's reign? Were you then disappointed or um, satisfied when you went to these cities? Did they live up to expectations in terms of historical um, living, living up to their historical, I guess, reputation? Well, I, I, I wasn't particularly disappointed with Tashkent. I didn't expect much from Tashkent anyway. Uh, you know, it was safe and, uh, you know, it's the largest city. So that's where you land. As I said, a, a day is plenty. Uh, but then when you leave Tashkent, that's when your real experience in Uzbekistan starts. Uh, it was interesting. Uh, 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 the next city uh, was Samarkand. And <laughs> we took a high speed rail, a 200 plus mile an hour train from Tashkent to um, uh, Samarkand. Uh, Samarkand is probably the jewel of uh, Uzbekistan. Uh, we can get into history later if you want, but uh, uh, it was Tamer Tamerlane's capital. Uh, he was, uh, mm, 
It was like Genghis Khan, uh, you know, a, a ruthless, conquering person that uh, established a very large empire uh, in uh, Central Asia. Uh, and again, his capital was um, uh, uh, Samarkand. Uh, he brought in artisans from all over the empire, educated people over the empire, and uh, in many ways he was forward-thinking, but again, he was ruthless on the battlefield. Uh, the two uh, places to see in Samarkand, one is uh, called the Registan, which is a large common area. Uh, on three sides are uh, madrasas. Uh, madrasas are universities uh, teaching various subjects, uh, and they all have uh, beautiful architecture. Um, turquoise domes uh, that the uh, Central Asians uh, thought of as uh, representing the heaven. Uh, the outside of the buildings have these uh, doorways uh, surrounded by a rectangular um, uh, construction called pistox. Uh, and uh, the walls are covered with calligraphy, um, geometric designs, um, arabesque designs. Uh, they're really quite beautiful. <laughs> when you go there, you know you're uh, you're not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy. <laughs> um, and the other uh, uh, big place to see in Samarkand is the tomb of Tamerlane. Um, it's a, a large construction. Uh, his tomb is in the middle. Actually, the Russians opened the tomb in 1941 and found that Tamerlane was still there. Uh, he was over six feet tall, so he was uh, probably a pretty pretty imposing figure. Um, but those would be the, the two uh, things in Samarkand. Yeah, I want to just make a note uh, for, for listeners. Samarkand, it was the political capital of Tamerlane, um, who was, you know, this 15th century conqueror, was it 15th, 14th? Uh, yeah, he died in 1401. Okay, so, so 14th be, century then. Yeah. But he, he was very interesting in that he was ruthless and conquered these great, you know, I guess, kingdoms, Delhi, um, you know, Iraq, he was in Iraq. But what he would do is take the most learned and artistic people and bring them back to Samarkand and Bukhara to glorify it. Um, so he really appreciated the arts. So uh, it was he's kind of a conundrum in that way. So um, to that end, I, I've always I, I'm very interested in going to Samarkand because he really did make it this, um, you know, kind of concentrated hub of art and, and flourishing. Um, but that said, he also was, was quite ruthless and he also established a religious ca capital in Bukhara. Mm -hmm. Um, so how did Bukhara differ from Samarkand? Well, Bukhara was, it was also a very interesting, uh, city. It's smaller than Samarkand. It doesn't have, um, as much of the artwork. It's probably not as impressive to some people as, as Samarkand, uh, but it's uh, interesting in its own right. Um, uh, the, the central part is called the uh, Ark, uh, A-R-C or A-R-K, which means fortress. You know, all those towns in those days had a fortress because everybody was fighting everybody. And inside the fortress uh, w w was the town. And of course, now it's called the Old Town. Uh, and you can see a lot of the old buildings, you know, very well preserved. There's a, there's a saying in, uh, I think, archaeology, wealth destroys, poverty pres preserves. And uh, Uzbekistan's been on its, on its heels for a while so that a lot of the old things are, have been preserved and not uh, changed over into uh, modern uh, 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 structures. But the thing I found fascinating um, 
in Nabucara is there was an era in the 1800s uh, called the Great Game when um, uh, the Russians were starting to move into Central Asia. Uh, 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 the Britons had already uh, taken over British India. And so the two uh, imperial powers were looking to establish uh, influence over uh, Central Asia. And a fellow named Colonel Stardard, uh, Stardard uh, uh, rode into Bukhara because uh, he was going to talk to the emir, the person that ran uh, uh, the town, and convince him that uh, favoring the British was the way to go. Uh, but uh, uh, Colonel Stoddard uh, didn't show the emir the proper respect, so he got carted off to jail and thrown into a thing called the bug pit. And about three years later, uh, another British officer named uh, Connolly came out looking for Stoddard, and he didn't show the emir the proper respect, so he got thrown into the bug pit too. Well, what kind of bugs were in the bug pit? Well, so we went. Uh, we, we, we visited, well, let, let me finish. So anyway, uh, after about another year or two, the emir felt that he didn't, that these two uh, folks in Britain were not advantageous to him in, in any way. So he brought the, the two of them into the central square, had them dig their graves, and uh, executed them. So uh, when we were in Bukhara, I was particularly interested to in seeing that central square. And uh, we went over to see the jail. And then we went inside, and there was this... Uh, hole uh, lined with uh, 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 stones, and they, they just threw them in there, and you know, the place was full of vermin, and uh, so uh, they, they might have been uh, happy to be executed at the end of five years. Yeah, sounds kind of creepy. Yeah, well, they were kind of creepy, but interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then let's take a, a little tangent here. Tell us more about um, the people. Were they friendly? Were they, you know, just kind of reserved? Do you have any impressions of, of that? Well, the people were wonderful. Um, they were very friendly. Um, they wanted to know all about the United States. They wanted to know if what they saw on television really happened in the United States. Uh, when we were when we would get on a bus, people would stand up and let us sit, and you know, it made <laughs> me feel old. Uh, but it, uh, the, the, the tour guide said, no, no, they, they just want to uh, show respect to Americans. You know, we had ball caps on and all this, so we, we really didn't look very Central Asian. Um, and uh, where was I going with that? Oh, the people. Uh, um, they were very friendly, uh, but they were a real schmorgasburg of people. Um, I'm going to digress a little bit, but uh, Samarkand, Uzbekistan, was in the center of the old uh, Silk Road that ran from Qian, China, to Istanbul, later um, Constantinople, later Istanbul in Turkey. And so trade east to west went back and forth along the Silk Road for years and years and years. So you know, a great number of historical figures also went through that Eurasian area. Alexander the Great, uh, the Arab conquest, um, Genghis Khan, we talked about Tamerlane, we talked about Russia and, and Britain coming in. So the people there with a smorgasbord of uh, group of people, you saw Chinese people, you saw Central Asian people, they're called Turkic people and Tartar people. 
Uh, you saw uh, Persians from uh, the south, because uh, Persia uh, uh, controlled uh, Uzbekistan and Central Asia at various times. Uh, you saw uh, people from Western Europe. Uh, so it was a real smorgasbord of people. Uh, the other thing is, if you look at Uzbekistan, there's a river that goes east to west called the Am Amudara. North of it, the land is dry and uh, populated by nomads. South of the river, it's more fertile, so more settled people. So the nomads and the settled people combined with these people of various ethnic groups to create this smorgasbord of people in Uzbekistan. So what did, um, and this might vary by city, but what do people do for work there? What is the industry? Uh, I guess I don't know. Uh, there's you know, some tourism. There's agriculture. Uh, they raise a lot of cotton there. Um, I, 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 I'm not sure I, I know that very well, uh, uh, Christine. Okay. Um, so what kind of, um, well, one thing that, you know, we had just, we just got back from the Caucasus, which were, um, we, we traveled there, yep. uh, three of the, uh, three post-Soviet countries and Uzbekistan is as well. And yep. we found it very interesting talking to our various guides on how they view current Russia. Did yep. you get a feeling there about, you know, how they feel about, about their, their Soviet history, um, or anything, any interesting nuggets there? Well, they're careful about talking about the, the Soviet history because, uh, you know, they're all, all those countries are, are, independence is new to them. They're all kind of struggling to survive. They're kind of gradually moving into capitalism. Um, they really don't say anything terribly negative about the, the Soviet era, bearing in mind that they still border Russia. So they're looking, they're looking to stay friendly with the with the Russians. Um, uh, the older people uh, felt more comfortable in the Soviet era because everybody had the same things. You um, you were provided for in the Soviet system. The younger people seemed to be more comfortable in the uh, going into capitalism where there's more opportunities for them. Uh, uh, but their financial situation is less secure as they move into the capitalistic system. And, and the five countries, of, well, there's five countries in Central Asia. There's Turkmenistan, Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, uh, Kazakhstan, and um, uh, Tajikistan. There's five of them. And they're all a little bit different. Uh, it looks like Uzbekistan is, is the most ordered and the most um, uh, wealthy of the countries. Turkmenistan is, has a, a, a very rough uh, dictator and is uh, really kept under very tight control. Uh, I think Kazakhstan is doing okay. Um, uh, Tajikistan is, is pretty, pretty poor. Uh, they're, they're struggling a bit. Each of the countries is different. Okay, so tell us about the other city that you went to. I can't remember the name right now. Kiva. Kiva, so tell us about that. Well, Kiva people usually, uh, you know, say, well, you know, after Samarkand and Bukhara, uh, Kiva, which is, is small, is, is, is less impressive. I, I actually liked it a lot. The, um, it, it has the usual fortress surrounding it, the old town, and the old town uh, just looks like the old town. You know, there's two-story buildings where people uh, you know, live, 
And the rest of it is uh, dominated by the four M's, mosques, mausoleums, uh, minarets, and uh, madrasa. Hmm. Uh, so the four M's. And you see all of the four M's uh, many times. Um, and, and, and the old towns, parts of it still function like like an old town. We, we were in one area where uh, women were making uh, bread. They, they call it nom. And it was made in these stone uh, ovens with open tops. And they would take this ball of dough and, and make it into kind of a, a circle and then slap it against the inside wall of the oven. Yeah. And when it was cooked, they'd take it out and you, you, it was this sort of raised circle uh, of chewy bread. It was actually very good. Hmm. And, and, and the staple food there is something called plov, which is sort of a meal in a bowl. Um, the meat is uh, lamb, and then there's a rice, and then there's a variety of vegetables, including carrots. And, I mean, the thing is designed to, to give the working people their maximum calories. Uh, you know, when you've eaten a bowl of plov, your, your stomach's down around your toes somewhere. But it's actually very tasty, but, but, but pretty heavy. It sounds like shepherd's pie. It's heavier. Yeah. Uh, is it spicy? Uh, it's a little on the bland side, but it, but it's it's I wouldn't no no I wouldn't say it's spicy. It's but it's tasty and yeah. gosh I mean it's really nutritious. Ugh, you know. So what other food did you have there? Did anything any any memorable meals? Well, I, you know I'd read my usual travel brochure before I went there, so I I was really looking for plav and nom. <laughs> um, and then did you get enough of that? Uh, uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, in terms of the food, mm, the food's a little bit on the bland side, but it is nutritious. Uh, you know, for, for meat, I mean, everything is lamb. Yeah. Uh, for starch, mm, we didn't see any potatoes, you know, a lot of rice uh, and a lot of fruits and vegetables. You know, you, typical, well, I shouldn't say Mideastern because we're in the Central, Central Asia, but it looks like a lot like Middle Eastern food with olives and uh, um, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, it, it's tasty, uh, but but they seem to err more on the side of nutrition. Okay, so I understand you were also on the news. We were, you know, I, as I said, that the the, uh, the uh, uh, people in Uzbekistan are very interested in the outside world because they've been closed off for a long time. Uh, and they're particularly interested in Americans because uh, they they see uh, they see uh, American uh, TV shows and you, know, you you sort of wonder what they think of you know looking at, at at their environment looking at our crazy environment on TV what they think and so when they see an American uh, they they you know they come up they want to know where you're from what do you do are those TV shows real so anyway we were in Kiva and. Uh, you know, Joan and I, my wife and I kind of, like most Americans, stood out like a sore thumb in, in Uzbekistan. And there was a TV crew uh, filming something. And the woman came over and she said, you know, can we interview you for uh, Uzbekistan today? And we said, sure. And, you know, they just wanted our impression of Uzbekistan. What do you think of it? Uh, do you like our country? Uh 
it, it, it was just kind of fun. <laughs> Unfortunately, we never got to see the program, but um, yeah, very friendly, very safe, very, very safe. Yeah. Okay. So how many days would you recommend total in Uzbekistan? Well, I mean, with, we were there for 10 days. You know, I, I really, you know, with jobs and things, I, I couldn't, we couldn't stay there longer. Um, I, 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 I thought we saw uh, most of what we wanted to see. Um, let's just talk about the topography. There were parts of Uzbekistan that we did not see. It's a long rectangular country in the east. The eastern part that we never got into, um, you're, you're starting to get into the foothills of the high mountains of uh, Asia. Uh, you're seeing the foothills of the Hindu Kush and the Pamir Range. Uh, we never saw that. I, I, I would have liked to have seen there. Uh, something called Fergana Valley. Um, uh, a few more days we could have gotten over there. Um, we saw the central part. You know, we saw the dry area above the Amar. Amardaria River, which used to be called the Oxus River. We saw the more fertile area below the river. And in the western part of the uh, country, you get into a, 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 a really significant desert. Uh, let me just look at how you say it. I always got it wrong. It's called the um, Kuzul Kum Desert. And it runs up to the Aral Sea and it runs over to the Caspian Sea. Uh, and we, we, we went through some of that. We, I would have liked to have seen the Aral Sea, although it's disappearing. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we got a sense of that desert part of the country, the middle, fertile, nomadic part of the country, but we never saw the mountainous. So, yeah, I, we, we, we could have we uh, done another five days, I think. How did you get around? Train, bus, van? Well, we had this 200-plus-mile-an-hour uh, uh, speed train from uh, Tashkent to uh, Samarkand. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> it was odd. You know, we're in the United States, and, and we're in the second or third world. I, I had never been on a speed train. Uh, you know, the thing was wonderful. On the ground, uh, 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 traveling to Uzbekistan is, is fairly inexpensive. We had one driver... Uh, that was with us 24 hours. Well, not when we were sleeping, but uh, he just took us everywhere. And in each town, we had a, um, a, a private guide, Samarkand, Bukhara. Uh, you know, I, I, I think the 10-day trip uh, per person was about $1,900. Uh, you, you get a lot for your money over there. And it, do, do most people speak English, or is the language tough? Uh... I, I don't remember having any, diff any difficulty. So even locals that you talked with or stores, restaurants, everybody could kind of go back and forth? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that wasn't an issue. Okay. That wasn't an issue. So is there anything else you wanted to add? Well, uh, we sort of touched on that. Um, we talked about the Silk Road. Um Uzbekistan embodies the history of Eurasia. Uh, you know, we talked about Alexander the Great, Genghis Khan, the Arab conquest, Tamerlane, Persian influence, uh, the Great Game. No, I mean, just a lot of history going back and forth of this country. Uh, we talked about the people, uh, melting pot, nomadic, settled uh, people. 
Uh, we talked about uh, Islam, uh, the religion. Uh, if you want to get a little bit of a sense of Islam, this is a <laughs> mild, safe place to be. Um, we talked about the topography. We talked about the trips and the uh, uh, highlights of the of the trip. Man, I think that's um, that's pretty good. We talked about the food, the architecture a bit. I think in a short uh, uh, a short uh, segment, uh, you know, we've hit uh, we've we've hit a lot. But uh, my my wife and I, you know, we're travelers. We've been to seventy countries, seven continents. Uh, th this is what was high on our, high on our list because it was just different. Uh, out of the way, um, a little mysterious. It, it's right up there with Mongolia and Antarctica. <laughs> um, I would recommend it to anybody. And, and it's not dangerous at all. Great. Well, we'll have to have you back. It sounds like you have a lot more countries to tell us about. But thanks for joining today. My pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Travel Nuggets. I'll post more information about this episode, including helpful links on the Travel Nuggets website. Please visit travelnuggetspodcast.com. There, you can check out additional episodes or download them wherever you get your podcasts. And I'd love to hear your feedback and ideas. You can email me at travelnuggetspodcast at gmail.com.